Yo, welcome to the Spark. It's Tony and Colin. How are you? We've had say say what's up. Tony. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. We had a couple weeks in a row where we um, did the Spark Challenge um, phone calls. Thank you to Miss Lula and Amy. I those were my. I love those episodes. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think it was nice to get other people on, hear their stories, and. See how they've battled their demons, and also it's nice to see how the sparks helping them, keeping them motivating. Yeah, and it gives us different, you know, perspective. They're they're different age groups, different demographics, different from ones from Texas, ones from Montana to Florida to California to Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, so, you know, they they have different perspectives and different um, opinions, and I think that. A culmination of all that is what makes the Spark such a good group. Yeah, so. I mean it's nice. We we don't have you know it's not age based. It's anybody any age. We have we have people following us from what probably eighteen and up. There's no yeah, real yeah. age gap yeah. on who listens to us and where you're from. And we have people in different countries following us, listening to us, yeah. giving their opinion on their struggles in the mental health world yeah. so we have men women transgender people whoever um yeah you know we're a, a hodgepodge of everybody which is good it's a reflection of the country and i think that we get good conversations that way because we don't want to just talk to one kind of person or one experience and you no know, because it, i mean you and i are similar in most ways same area grew up together mm-hmm. sports athletic this and that so it's nice to hear other people come from different backgrounds and how the journey of their life got them to where they are yeah so that was great we're going to continue to do those um calls tony hasn't let me know anything about who won the next challenges and what he's going to do for that hopefully at the end of this he'll have some information for you but um as of right now we're we're going to continue to do that but i think that we should also um continue the calls it doesn't have to be weekly but i think that calling and checking in on the people from the group are great, I, and we had a good. I got a lot of DMs, a lot of messages about those, and I think that that does good because it's their ultimately it's their podcast, it's their group. Yeah, I mean, so. I like that concept, and like you said, I don't. We don't want to get heavy, so it's every week phone calls, but to have some, you know, once a month or whatever, however we want to do it, I think that's good. Again, because it's it's nice to hear other people's. Opinions, um, what they did to heal, what they've gone through traumatically, what their goals are, and just to see instead of every week hearing what we what I've done to battle demons and how I still battle de- demons or whatever, like it's nice to hear everybody else's point of view because something they say may be something we didn't, we didn't think about or I never did, so it also passes on to other people. So it is nice to have somebody on here, you know, once a month or so, and end of this we will have the second month's winner. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have different point of views. So, um, that being said, you know, you, you just touched on, you haven't, you, well, we always talk about you, but today we want to talk about you because <laughs> yeah. you've had a uh, anniversary that just passed. You want to talk yeah, about that? Yeah, we had, um, so it had been four years on the 18th since my actual shooting occurred in August. And... We were doing the other podcast, which we didn't really talk about it, and we didn't hit on it a lot in the group because I felt like a lot of people in the group 
already know about that date, but then the more I realize is that we have a lot of followers that came on later on. So for that people that are newer haven't gone back to the beginning of the podcast, that that's what started this podcast is that I was in an on the job shooting. Well start by reiterating what you do even. Well yeah, I mean I'm I'm in law enforcement, I'm a I'm a detective, which is why we do keep me anonymous. And we go with the badge, Tony, because I still do work active cases, and I still need to keep my identity somewhat secured. So, when I was on the job, I got in a shooting, which ended up spending, this would be the brief version of it, because we don't want to go through it all ever, so a lot of these listeners heard this already, is yeah, that... Yeah, but you can still, there's a lot of new ones, man. There is, but, you know, we, what was in the job... Trying to take somebody into custody. In the process of that, I ended up getting shot in the stomach, which led to two weeks in the hospital, multiple surgeries, and then a long, you know, it was about well, a year. Well, and you shot, the, you returned fire. Well, yeah, we returned fire, had to, Which you was know, fatal. Yeah, it, it took out the uh, suspect at the time. Yeah. Took his life. And my partner was also shot during that time. So after getting out of the hospital and dealing with all the initial surgeries and being there for two weeks, we had, well, I had about a year of physical therapy that I had to go through at that point, which I did. I focused on the physical therapy, as we've talked about many times, and I neglected the mental health aspect of this. And over time... I just kept going into a darker and darker place mentally. Um, I was avoiding friends, avoiding relationships, wasn't doing my work the way I used to do my work. And I just found myself more and more sitting at my house alone by myself, just basically staring at a TV, sometimes a blank TV. Um, And this went on for a good year and a half after my shooting that... I just continued to spiral down into the darkness, as I always called it. So, about a year and a half after, some things happened in my life, which basically brought to attention that, like, you don't leave your house, really. You just sit in your house alone. Um, that's about the time I started going to therapy. And I'm not at the therapy for, what, over a year, which we've had my therapist on here, so she's attested to some of the stuff we've went through and worked on. But during that therapy is when I really, well, let's go back to the fact that I didn't believe in mental health at all. And that's kind of why we're where we're at in this podcast now is because once I did go through therapy and overcome the demons and do everything I needed to do, which we've talked about for therapy, writing, reading stuff, changing my mindset, finding different coping mechanisms to help with the anxiety like uh, rocks or journalism once that happened i i saw how dark i was you know i went from having pretty bad negative suicidal thoughts sometimes to you know year and a half two years later well it would have been from the shooting two and a half three years later to the point of going okay i i feel better again i came out of darkness i was back to doing my job the way i was i was back to socializing i was back to Spending time with my family, friends, um, no more drinking. Is whenever I realized that like mental health is one hundred percent serious, it's one hundred percent real, and that's kind of where you know I talked to Colin and we came up with this concept. Well, let's see if 
we can do a podcast, see if we can get this out here and continue to break the stigma. Because, I mean, there's definitely a stigma and people, I mean, you have a stigma to the fact that people either don't believe it exists or there's a stigma that people don't want to get help even though they know it exists. There's a stigma that people that have it don't know how to go about overcoming it because it's just part of their life and it's what it's always been so this would be a huge change for them they would go from their entire life being basically traumatized living a traumatized mental life to now changing that and trying to heal that that in itself is scary to a lot of people too because it's all they know they don't know how to live outside the trauma and that's who they become so there's a stigma behind it not just simple as saying oh well you don't want to go to therapy. I mean, there's a lot of different stigmas behind it, as we I just said. So, and I do think that's a hard one. I think some of the people we've talked to and interacted with, I think you agree, Colin, is that just going and doing the work itself wasn't the easiest. No. I mean, <laughs> that so, we have a lot of people that that part in itself is hard, or they don't even know where to begin. Yeah. Because that's a stigma itself, because they're afraid to reach out and try to do the healing. So ultimately, just to rehash, so what day was it? Was your four-year anniversary? 18th. So the 18th was, August 18th was his four-year anniversary of being shot and being in a, in a fatal shooting. Because of that fatal shooting, it then, obviously you had physical wounds and that, that you had to... Um, to get attention to, and that took a while. And then you had the the pressure of that, and not being yourself, and that all kind of that not being yourself physically. And then you started to notice that you weren't mentally. Um, you necessarily didn't know that it was a mental health issue, but you knew that you weren't the same. Yeah. Because of the being by yourself, because of the drinking, because of the cut, like isolation, and that kind of stuff. And then that led you to somebody, talk, a friend of yours talked you in to finally seeing a therapist, which we, you touched, we did talk to your therapist. And then you went into therapy not believing in PTSD or, or really mental health issues at all. <clears throat> Once your therapy, therapist broke that down, you had... Um, the time where you call it the breaking of the ice where you really everything came to the forefront all the emotions that you've been numb to all that kind of stuff and then once that happened you then you know started to heal started to work on yourself and that's when we touched on all the things in our tool belt and the things that you started to put together such as journaling and uh, grounding stones and meditation and the The physical stuff and all that kind of stuff so you, you started to heal, and when you started to heal, that's when you decided that and understood that there's more than you going through this. And then when you realized that through talks with your therapist and everybody else, you realized that maybe you could use your experience to help other people, in which case you then came to me and decided to start this podcast. So, Yeah, then one of the biggest things, real quick, is that when we did come to you, my thought was, well, hey, let's see if we can help law enforcement or firemen or yeah initially you thought military yeah and you, know. you expanded and that just shows your growth overall because this this was called what at the beginning behind the badge behind the badge demons the some, demons within yeah some shit about demons and badges yeah. 
And then so, as it went on, you realized that not only do first responders and soldiers and, you know, that super extreme um, kind of occupations, there's a lot of mental health issues that go with that. We, you've then grown to not only believe in mental health and be an advocate for mental health, you realize that it touches more than just a fucking soldier, somebody in Iraq or Afghanistan. It's everybody. Oh, it's everybody. And so that's why that. you changed the name of it, and that's why um, I think that you know we're in a really good place at this point where I think that we have a pretty good grasp on the, the temperature of the mental health field and where it's going. And um, I think that our conversations and, and our interactions with people in the group are um, a reflection of that understanding that we do... And you do now know that it's important, I hope, and you do now understand that it's everybody, and it could be kid, women, men, transgender, it yeah, could be anybody. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So, um, that being said, um, part of uh, what you did for your healing and, um, was you, you constructed, uh, it's not a book yet, but a book is what yes. you started to put together. And in that book, talk about a little bit about the book that you're putting together and we, what's going on with that. So a lot of the, in the book will be, first off, the story, obviously. The, the, the story that I went through, the, the incident itself. But is this like from a third person? Is this talking? That's going to be me talking. Is it, is it like excerpts from a journal? Is it just a uh, chronological? There will be, a, so it's weird like the way I did it and kind of did it my way because it's what made sense that at first it starts chronological about a lot of stuff but it's certain points then you do I do start pulling journal entries out so I could show the reality of what was going on at the time so obviously I can't show you exactly the incident and the hospital and stuff in that moment because that was just what it was I explained it there was not a lot of emotions in it at the time so I explained the incident, the shooting, his death, my partner getting shot, my hospital stay, kind of what goes on there. But then I start to explain it from there, like, okay, I come home. Now I start writing it as if I'm living it, but with the knowledge of what I have now. So I'm talking about my trip home, and I'm trying to insert stuff with saying along the lines of how I'm feeling now. So you're two, writing, three you're years writing later. from the viewpoint of like hindsight? Yes. So taking what I should have known, what I know now, and putting it into the situation of when I was coming home. So, so you're kind of highlighting triggers and yes, things like that. different things like, I noticed now that like, okay, why did I push this away? So it is in chronological order, but I'm taking my new knowledge and my new experiences in mental health and therapy and doing my own journalism and putting it, that spin on the chronological current time of what was happening. So we may talk about in there the, my first visit. Well, I talk about the visit, but now I also in, in interpret how I felt at that time. Because after the fact, like, I had to relive all this stuff over again. Once I started getting therapy is that I started having the emotions of that first visit, of uh, that hospital trip. When I was in the hospital... So it made it easier for me to write because I had to relive it again. It's just now it's in the past because none of those emotions came out <clears throat> when I was living it back then because I was blocking out the incident and isolating myself from that incident. And then there will be 
certain parts that, you know, I talk about a therapy and I talk about different stuff in there of what strength means to me and things like that. So, I mean, it's definitely chronological, but I think I like the concept of how I talk about it in current mental. I take my current knowledge and use it for the incident back then. So, so you're you're talking like as the narrator of your own incident? Yes. Okay. So the reason I bring that up is because of um your anniversary, what we wanted to do. And if anybody has any um we're not gonna release the book as a whole book right now. So what we're gonna do is we would like to release excerpts from this to try to one, um, get some feedback, and two, it obviously could help if it's relevant to what you're going through. But we really want to give, because I saw the majority of it, and there's some, like, it, it, it the way that you articulate it, especially, like, the journal entries from, it's like going in, like, a, a what are those called? A time a time machine yeah. back to when you were going through that. And I think even though we're four years removed from it and anybody that is, you know, years or months or weeks or days that are removed from their initial source or initial sources of trauma, um, I think that it's a new perspective to go back and then re- look at it not in a therapeutic way like in therapy of course you do that right yes in therapy yep. you, you talk about in in your experience now i can't speak for everybody's therapy i don't i don't know i'm not a therapist i don't know but i would assume and from what we i'm did. hearing yeah. that you you know kind of you want you try to unpack the source of your trauma so and find it too in some cases and find it and i think by doing this and going back and taking a look at it and um, like I said, sharing some real feelings from that time, it's more of a, it hits home more, I think, than us just talking about it. After rehashing it from four years later, I think a little bit of like the sting is gone from it. Yeah. I think that I mean, you're so me, far removed from it. Yeah, yeah, and I think it helped me clearly able to, I, if I would have sat there and read, and I did, don't get me wrong, I did write some of it, so I had to take some of it as therapy. Yeah. But I was able to adjust the therapy journal entries to turn it into a chronological explaining of it with a clearer head and a clearer understanding of mental health. When did so, you start writing this? When you were... When... In theory, I started writing it not right after I started going to therapy. So but I had to spin it, obviously, way later on. But I started writing it... No, when did you actually physically start writing this book? Right when I started going to therapy. So when you started going to therapy, what made you decide to do that? Because we talked about journalism so much, and the journalism seemed to make so much sense in writing stuff out. And in this case, my therapist mentioned, like, your main job is to go back to that incident, and we need to basically, like you said, dissect that incident and work the emotions out and get the emotions out of your head and talk about it. Yeah. So it's not just sitting in your head in one big ball of confusion um with that so my opinion was well if i start writing about it from start to finish that's going to be one way of doing it when i'm not at therapy like i'm going to write about it and then i can talk about it when i go to therapy and that's 
what ended up happening. Well, one, it's like taking notes, and two, it's a tangible. I mean, you're getting the stuff. I think that is from your head out on the paper. Yeah. So, like Lori, who's writing a book, and she is. Um, hi, Lori. By the way, um, she's writing a book, and she does her own illustrations. Even now, she's better at it than ninety nine percent of people, but. The way that she's able to interpret her feelings through illustrations and writing down, I think that that is like a uh, that's like a high level of understanding what you're going through. If you're able to interpret what you're feeling via illustration or like actually writing it down, like you said when you first started writing notes and you're having nightmares and dreams and things like that, you were writing down like one word. Or you're writing shit down with your left hand that wasn't mm-hmm. legible or whatever. I think if you put it in paragraph form and even like a book form or something like that, I think that that's a high level of understanding what's going on, understanding the trauma. Yeah, and you're you're doing it. You're going through, and you're you're talking about your emotions. You're ta- I'm talking about how I felt when I did my first walk with my kids. Yeah. Or my first visit with family or my first day back at work. Like I talk about how I felt in this and the feelings I had. And I mean, there's parts that I talk about like feeling completely weak and I explain it throughout it. I mean, I don't know how to, I don't have it directly in front of me, but I know there's parts that like are very emotional because of what I should have felt then. And of course I didn't feel that in the, in real time back then. But I'm writing it now, explaining how I should have felt during that time, or what I felt, or how I feel now. Yeah. Um, not so much now, but after the fact. So, yeah, I think it gets pretty detailed and pretty descriptive, and gives a good concept on, hopefully when you read it, it's making um, making you kind of understand and feel those emotions yourself, if you've ever gone through trauma, and understanding, like, oh, wow, yeah, like, that has happened to me. And just to show, like... Maybe you don't understand why you have those feelings you have when you go to somewhere or you see somebody or something along those lines. Well, maybe hearing this, reading this book, you understand like, okay, well, now that makes sense because that's part of my trauma that maybe didn't happen what I thought was trauma, but it really is because now I'm feeling this way. Mm -hmm. Because you blocked it off or you whatever. I mean, it's not, I'm not the first person to block out trauma. No. (laughs) That won't be the last, unfortunately. Yeah. But this story, hopefully, you can read it and be like, okay, that seems familiar. And just as long as you're hearing it, maybe that's enough for you to go, wow, okay, like, I do that myself. You're going to pick up some similarities of, um, you know, there has to be. If there wasn't similarities, then, uh, you know, a psychiatrist or a therapist or something like that would have to be a magician. They'd have to be a magician. So I'm sure they're picking up on patterns and... I'm sure theories and different things like that are based on this kind of stuff because just the way it is. I mean, I guess yeah, but I mean, I'm saying like like, there has to be, you know, there has to be certain um, isolation. Like you start adding things up. Most people that go through trauma have those. I don't know if most. I can't. I don't know, but I'm sure there are some. A lot do. um, Most. I mean, they could. I don't know. (laughs) Most you could. You could make blanket statements all you want, dude. But, uh, yeah. So there has to be... What I'm saying is you could find some kind of... um, 
similarities between what he went through and what you may or may not have gone through. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have been shot. Oh, no, absolutely not. But, you know, anytime you're taking a look back at what could have um, been the source or sources of your trauma, I think that you could kind of pick out what, you know, looking back at it, pick out with a more clear mind the times, like he was saying, where you were in a darker time than you thought. You were in a... um, that this was a trigger. You never really realized that this was a trigger at the time, but now looking back, you could yeah. see it. Yeah, and that's what makes the thought in the writing is that I'm explaining it from my new... I, I, it is a new perspective. It's the perspective of one, I went through trauma. The perspective of two, I went through therapy. And three, I did the extra work to understand the therapy. Not just to understand my own. Once I got through... Understanding my own trauma and my own therapy, like we didn't, I didn't stop there. I mean, that's when I started reading books, reading other people's stories, following other people on social media that went through this, you know, trauma mm-hmm. also. So that okay, yeah, like I've never been sexually assaulted, but I can, I've followed people and heard other people's stories of their their situation that they've gone through, or physical abuse in a relationship I've heard and talked to people in their situation so I didn't just stop at understanding mine I wanted to understand that trauma's trauma it's just not going to be not everything's going to be the same traumatic event like you're not going to be shot like there's multiple things and we've said it before that what is traumatic to me may not be traumatic to you or somebody else um again getting shot and actually dying in a hospital bed is pretty traumatic for anybody but what we're saying is that trauma is relevant to each person it's not specifically like it's not one big circle of well if it's traumatic to me it's traumatic to you well that's not how it works and that's the way we have to understand and that's one way to be more compassionate in understanding people and actually trying to take the time to understand people is that you know just because you don't see it as traumatic, that could have been completely a traumatic experience to somebody else that changed their whole life, and now you're treating them like, well, that wasn't a big deal. Well, yeah, to you it wasn't, but it's not your life, and you don't know how it affects somebody else, and I see that all the time, and it's a horrible way to go. Like, you can't look at situations and just think, well, they should be fine, because that's not how that goes, and that's not at all how it goes. I mean, there might have been people, there probably are somebody out there that's heard my story and go, Oh, but okay, you know, I was shot too, and I didn't have this or that happen, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Like, I'm sure there is. But if we don't take the time to try to understand people and learn from people, then how, what kind of society are we living in? And that's probably half the problem in society now. We like to jump to conclusions so quickly on situations and people that we don't even give people a chance to explain themselves or for us to understand them. Which, I mean, that's a topic we could talk about, you know, any day. There's a huge topic there, but. So, I just think that's probably the best way to go about it. It's just one is to not only once you learn your trauma and you get through that and you beat your demons, just start looking at um, understanding other traumas. Because, again, that's the biggest point I, I, that I think people understand is that. Trauma is trauma, but it doesn't mean you're, you're, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Your root of trauma is not going to be the same as everybody else, right? But trauma, the th- trauma is trauma. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I mean, that's what we've been preaching for the last, actually, look at the day. It's been a year, I think a year today since we started this. Yeah, trauma is trauma. Well, let's double check that while we're here. Let's see if, I believe it is. Let's see. Because that could be another little milestone or end right there, too. One year anniversary. There we go. August 31st, 2020. So that would be tomorrow. would make one year. I mean, have you ever reflected on this? Like I thought about it the other day. Or we kind of discussed a little bit. Like we went from, I think it was me. I brought it up. I said, you know, we went from zero followers. Zero. We, nobody knew we existed. Nobody knew anything about my incident. Outside the small group of people that would know. Yeah. And then... You know, we didn't have we didn't have any podcast experience before that. We didn't have any business handing us this or that. We just started up one day, and now look at the Spark Team. Spark has got over a thousand followers on Facebook. Um, on Instagram, we're thirty now, like twenty six hundred or something like that. And how many downloads we have? I don't know. I don't even know what's that. I know it was oh, well, over three thousand. Yeah, at one it's point. like five. Probably it's like, like five, five now. So, I mean, one year, we've definitely, it's a big jump. So hopefully, I mean, he brought it up, but may as well jump on it more. So hopefully that book can, I can do something more with that book, because I do, I think it's good. I think it's a good read. It's interesting, and I think it would point out a lot of things to people as they can read it. Because then you can go back and read it over again, or whatever you can do with it. It doesn't matter. Just like it's kind of like this podcast, there's different episodes. I guess in a way, the last few we've kind of gotten away from. Well, we've heard other people's stories, but one thing I uh, I want to start posting some stuff is coping again. So, well, we'll see what happens. It's only been a year or so. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it has been a year, and I took a look at it, and you you forget sometimes, because of the people that we interact with a lot, um, I forget that it's been a year, because those people ultimately become like part of your life, they come a little bit like almost part of your daily schedule, I check in on them a lot, the most that I can, I, um, I like hearing their journey i like seeing them do good i like seeing people work out when they normally wouldn't do it i like hearing that people are going through rough times but they are continuously working at it they keep hammering away and they're they're not just laying down and taking it and if we could by doing this podcast continue to reach people in that light then you know we'll do this podcast for a hundred more years if necessary but um, I think that in in respect to your book, the way that we're going to um, put it out is like bits and pieces just so that we're, you could see. And again, message us how you think the best way to do that. I recommend doing like a little bit of a PDF file that we could post and you could download. 
maybe chapter by chapter or, you know, excerpt by excerpt, something like that, in order just to get a total um, overview of Tony's journey. And, you know, it sounds, at this point, like I said, four years away, and you've heard him, he... In my opinion, is it seem it could it seems like it's a hundred years away. It does, definitely. But uh, you know, and just being around them the entire time, from then till now, it, you kind of even forget it happened. Um, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, uh, for the people that you know, obviously he can't. For I don't know if he forgot. And he can talk about that when I'm done. But you know, for us. We knew we were obviously mindful that it happened, but it's not something that's even in our um, forethought. And because of that, I think that a lot of credit goes to Tony, but I think even more credit goes to his therapist because I maintain that if he did not have a um, <clears throat> a good one, that he would be in a different place. And we've heard horror stories. I mean, Brandy alone told us that she was with well, how many? Oh, she had a bunch. I remember that. I don't remember exact number, but she said multiple. And she said that she really couldn't find one. And because of that, um, you know, she still struggles with some stuff. And it's, I think that if we learned anything from this past year, therapy is huge. Huge. Um, I think huge. that uh, it, it may be the biggest aspect of trying to yep. work towards the better side of the bridge, in I my agree. opinion. We also learned that, um, when I say we, I mean the people that, me, and the people that are neophytes and that aren't necessarily um, knowing anything about this because nothing really happened to them, God willing. So I think that communication is another giant thing that um, we've picked up from this. That yeah. Communicating, um, talking about stuff the way that we do it now, not only with your therapist, but communicating, whether it's through a Facebook group, whether it's through a... You just keep touching this, dude? <laughs> Tony's panicking because I let him do the lead talker today, and he's struggling, if you can't see. So what I'm saying is we picked up some things along the way where I think that we could nail those down as cornerstones of our mental health recipe to get better. Communication, therapy, um, that's part of the therapy, but the tool belt mostly. And we learned that filling that tool belt with productive therapeutic tools is priceless. No matter what you do in therapy, whatever you, no matter how much you communicate, um, if you're not doing the work, and I think that's Tony's biggest thing, putting the work. I in. think that his main, his mantra, if you will, is constantly working, constantly, not just accepting it, working, writing, whatever you've been doing. Yeah, writing. It just um, hasn't laid down and taken it and I think that that tool belt will help you also work at it and you also got to work to keep that tool belt full yeah and that's by finding other new people techniques. new um, techniques reading I said we talk about it time like the, the social media can be used in so many positive ways there's so many people trying to share their story out there 
see what they're saying. They're, they might have something different than I do. I y- mean, yeah. I didn't come up with this on my own. No. I mean, these people don't realize who I am and that I follow them, but I'm sure they're doing it for the same concept, hoping that people see it and pick up on it. Um, I think that's a lot of the motivational people online. They're trying to... They've had such a good experience, they're trying to give everybody that same experience. Yeah. And I think that you have to take um, different things different things from those people and add them to your tool belt. No, I agree. And we talked about positive coping from day one. Um, you absolutely need therapy. I mean, if you, therapy is the base of your healing. Because you're going to have somebody there, that's, you should have somebody there that is knowledgeable, been through this multiple times with other people and can help guide you through this. So yeah. those are your three things. And... The fourth one with that is you should, this is who you should be able to talk to about anything without being judged or without feeling a type, certain type of way. So that's your base block for healing. And then you got to move up to the next level. Okay, for me it was fitness, right? Working out, running, weights, cardio workouts, jogging. Okay, that helped control the anxiety and helped me get through the day to give me that, those feel-good hormones that we get from doing all that stuff. And branch off to that. What was something else you did? Journaling. Okay. Which is the tool belt that I just yeah. said. We're talking about. I was just about going the... over a few def- more detail of each thing. So, yeah. in case people haven't heard about the tour belt and this is the first time they're hearing it, you know, you're journaling, you're writing out your thoughts, you're writing out how you feel, you're writing out words just to get them out of your head. This way, you're getting this stuff out of your head on the paper. You know, because a lot of this mental health is we're leaving it in our head. We're not talking about it. We're not working through it. We're not working through the emotions. We're not working through the incident. And people get stuck mentally in a certain either before the incident or right after the incident. Like mine was right before the incident, so I froze everything. So mm-hmm. I never went through all these emotions. Look, there's emotions. Like we have emotions. We're humans. We're not robots. Mm-hmm. So if you don't go through those emotions, then you're not going through that incident. <sighs> But You're there's not. all kinds of different things. I mean, and that's what I mean. You got to keep working it, filling the tool belt, and and, and, and deciding that, what works for you. And to me, that was the biggest thing. Like you said, was you just keep going, and then one day you will do that. I mean, you just said a second ago about you don't don't always remember the shooting happened, this and that, which is probably true to me. Even the only difference is that I'm reminded in the morning because you have a, I have score, a huge yeah. score. But like, if I'm sitting at like. I might not think about it until that next time I get a shower or change it for the gym or something because that's just not the forefront of my head. Like, I've put in countless and countless hours. Hours that nobody that's going to listen to this podcast ever saw. Hours you never saw. Um, And that's where I had a post last week about don't worry about what other people say about your success or healing. It's what you've done. You know what you've done. You know how many hours. You can't cheat yourself. No, so you, if you, know, you know what you put in. Yeah. So if you want to tell somebody I put in unlimited amount of hours and you didn't, well, you're just cheating yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very noticeable because people that have healed from this stuff, you can see a big difference in them. You, How much of a difference have you seen me since the three years ago? That's what I mean. It's, it's, it's so, so the work itself. Gone. You can't hide it. And if you're not going to put the work in, then you're not going to heal. Uh-huh. Period. I mean, you can heal some ways and certain things can heal. But unless you want to be healed and live the life you deserve to live, 
you better put the work in every single day until you get to the point that maybe like I don't do anything for I mean I still get to the gym and work out every day yeah so maybe that's what keeps me even killed now every day um I don't really write anymore I don't do certain things but then we do the podcast every week or every other week I'm sure that's very helpful too yeah so like I'm still working it's just not it's just not a non-stop every second of the day work now because I did do all that at the base it's like building a house when you started a house you start at the bottom you gotta work your way up then you build the house and then you start filling it inside well eventually the longer you have the house and you put furniture in and you got the, the whole outside built now you got furniture and this and that well you stop buying stuff as much right because mm-hmm. you don't have to it's the same concept with mental health you work hard and hard at first because you're building the whole structure of the house that's going to be the basis of your healing then you start to fill the house with stuff so as time goes you're not filling as much because now you're starting to basically incense complete your healing mm-hmm. and that's the easiest way i could put it from like a kind of break it down there that makes for sense. yeah that um, makes sense actually just gotta, can to me right now too about that yeah <laughs> um because, uh, so working at it and, and that and that is it that's what you did you you build a good foundation and you're reaping the benefits of that good foundation so when the storms come when the anniversaries of things come yeah. when the holidays come it's not as bad if you didn't have if you didn't foundation. have a good foundation so but that all stemmed from therapy that all stemmed from communication which is important oh yeah communication the, the, that all stemmed from the tool belt that you had that it all stemmed from um the way that you you know identified what you needed and and that, that also comes from therapy you identified that you know, I'm not being as social as I should. I, you identified that you were letting relationships a little slip, but that all goes back to therapy. And then the fourth thing I think is is that, that's a segue, is identifying things. Whether you are the person going through it or you're a person in the supporting cast, whether you're a family member, a friend, yeah. a co-worker, you have to identify and try to be observant of the signs of PTSD, the signs of depression, the signs of that kind of stuff. And I wasn't at first. It took me, what, a year to even... Yeah. You to, for you to post your thousand sky, sky picture. picture. I actually... So this is funny. And I meant to send this to you today. Let's, if I could find it here. I don't know why this came up. Or how I found it. What was that? First off, shout out for the new Freedom shirt from... Repservets. Yeah. That I got recently. Shout out Repservets. Yeah, they got an awesome new 911 shirt that just came out too. If I can find this picture, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it, so I don't want to hold up the whole. You doing what? It's a, it was a picture of. Oh, matter of fact, the date you would have sent that was February 19. You actually said a lot of sky pics from you lately. You good? Yeah. And that's yeah. how it started the concept, literally how it started. Yeah, because I just, you know, in my field of work, I and I heard a little thing and somebody said something about that. And I noticed that like every other picture you were taking was of a sunset or a stormy cloud or something. I was like, what's up with this dude? So I reached out. But that's what I mean. You have to identify it. And it only will help the person going through it if... And you didn't People do anything around. over the top. You just said, hey, like, 
lot of sky pics lately, bro. Are you good? And what did you and say? And I said, yeah, man, I'm good. Got to enjoy this little things in life. I said, this is the, I'm starting to finally feel the best, better, the best I've felt since my incident. You said coffee on Saturday. That's it. Like, it was nothing over the top. I said coffee on Saturday because that answer is not an answer that I'm used to from the 35 years that I've known you. So I was yeah. like, this dude's talking about incidents, <laughs> feeling good, taking pictures of skies. This isn't, none of this is normal to me, so let's see what's going on with this uh, situation. And then I got coffee, and then, you know, we went from there, and I kind of, that's when I first, so when was that, February? Yeah, February of 19. February 19 is when I really saw, you know, what was was going on. Like, I knew, obviously, but again, and, and this goes with identifying me and everybody else that knows you and the, the, your friends and family and stuff like that, we knew the incident happened. We assumed there was going to be stuff that comes with that, especially when you kill somebody too. Yeah. But uh, our response to that was, well, you know, is he a little off? Yeah, but wouldn't you be off if you got shot and killed somebody? And that was our way of kind of... Uh, Makes sense. Making sense of it all. And then, you know, we would say, hey, have you seen Tony lately to each other? And they'd be like, no. And then, you know, like, oh, well, maybe he needs some time. And just, you kind of make excuses, even. And at the, t- at the time, it didn't feel like excuses, I guess. But we, looking back, like you said with the book, from hindsight, it's more of a, like, uh... It's just lack of knowledge. It was lack too. of knowledge. It was ignorance, for sure. And you don't know what to do. And, and again, you're guys. Like, like you guys, sum like, it up as, yeah. like, yeah, he'll be yeah, all right. This is the way it should be. He's good. He'll be all right. Because we also, because of how old I am, you know, you're, again, a little bit older. About when the same I, age. When I was but... in high school, you know, kids that were seniors, they all went off to war. Not all of them, obviously. But the kids that went to the military when I was a senior, they all went to war. And they all came back. And it was just, like different but they were different but like we expected them to be different though yeah so like i saw that and you know the etiquette around and they were definitely some of the ones i know we well, they, they were, were in fucking, very obvious they were in fucking fallujah and you know they they went to they were that was when it was like super aggressive over there not to say that it has never gone aggressive but it was like pretty intense and when they came back we kind of just like the the etiquette in dealing with a veteran is you don't really ask questions i mean they tell you that they don't ask really yeah they don't but like people your parents they don't ask any don't ask your grandfather you know don't ask your grandpa about korea or yeah you know so you kind of avoid it culturally and because of that, I think those dudes, and they uh, have to, I guess, feel like they're tough too. You know, you just went over there and did the toughest thing you could possibly do. You can't come back and have a yeah s- uh, emotional dysregulation where you're like crying or y- y- you kind of have a true. I mean, that's that's and that's that's I mean, that field. Yeah, that's that field. And and I don't want to speak in blanket terms for everybody, but no. in my experience, you know, the Marines. I knew a lot of Marines that went and came back. And those Marines, you know, some of the hardest men there are. And when they came back, you know, they were a little bit different, man. And you kind of just accept 
that. Mm-hmm. But in reality, looking back at it, you know, we probably should have said something to them. And they probably should have gotten more help than they got. Well, I'm sure. And I'm sure that a lot of them are still dealing with things because it, they still don't really... I mean, no. they're not as open as you are about it. No. For sure. Well, which... And that's the stigma you were talking about. And I don't know how to break the stigma in that kind of situation. I know I'm that the hoping... military does things to try to get them to talk. I mean, all we can do is keep, yeah, keep putting it out there. I mean, I think we've had a lot of people follow us that open up themselves. Yeah, I mean, we're breaking it. I don't, I don't know that we can expect to break it all in one night or one year. No, but just in my experience over the past year, now that we're reflecting, I guess over the past year, you know, military people really, it's they're a tough nut to crack, and people. With sexual abuse, especially with men and boys. I think law enforcement, They don't too. really want to talk about it either. I think law enforcement overall is pretty hard about it, too. I don't know. When you Google law enforcement, there's always some cop on there talking about the SPTSD. Yeah, there's the there's couple in your group that are on there. Well, I guess it's your group. But in my research, they, it seems like they have an easier time talking about it than... Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know... I don't know. I mean, there's but, definitely a stigma either way. Oh, there's a stigma that. overall. I mean, we're not having a pissing match here, dude. I feel like it's no, we're not. I'm just you're saying we're adding to the stigma right there. You're like, oh, cops don't talk about it. No, I just think I, hope I think they talk about it. Oh, I do too. I mean, I've but met people some that were you know involved in a sexual situation, they have a rough time. You know, initially coming out. I think once everyone comes out with their trauma that then the floodgates are then open and they could talk about it but I think those are the toughest in my opinion to crack so oh, yeah. um, but like I said we're going to put out the book we're not going to do it in a full um, version but it's going to be small bites whether it's a couple paragraphs whether it's um, a chapter reach out and let us know how you want to consume it if you think that you want to do like a chapter at a time or certain excerpts because what he was doing and he's he's if you go back in the group i mean he's posted some small small excerpts but it's been probably like a year and he would just put like a little quip in there something from the book but i think that it's time to i think that you're also comfortable enough sharing yeah i mean we we might even do it all at once i don't know i mean well that would require you putting in work and Actually, I yeah. have been, and we know about that. So yeah, we do. Yeah, we uh, submitted to somebody. Yeah, waiting so, on responses. So we got to make sure that you know it's one legible, and two, we're able to uh, figure out a way to you the best way for you to consume it. So it has been a what's that? Nothing. Go ahead, bro. Nothing. I'm waiting on say? you, man. You got something to say? Yeah. No. No, I, I agree with you on that. The book part. part. Let it rip, bro. Let your socials rip. <laughs> uh, social media. Instagram still the Spork Podcast. Facebook is still under Badge Tony. Um, the group is Team Spark. There's a Twitter account also, the Spark Podcast. Uh, make sure you check reps for vets out. Um, use the discount code the spark to get fifteen percent off your purchase. They just came out with a sweet yeah, looking nine eleven cool. shirt, and I just got a freedom shirt. 
Nine eleven is a rough day. We should probably do one on nine eleven. Yeah, we'll have to and I'll be on the Victory podcast too. Around that date. I gotta look back and get the exact date. So we'll talk more about that next one. Um TGB supplements, got all your supplements needs. If you need workout plans, if you need diet plans, whatever it is, they have you covered. Um actually got a workout plan from him recently so if you have any questions any kind of fitness stuff like reach out to us we'll get you in touch there blue line roasting for the absolute best coffee out there you go and then uh don't forget about free spira i actually have a friend now that i highly doubt he'll ever come on here trying free spira now oh, so i don't it? know yes i don't know how long can, is he into it like a week Oh, it's only 20 days. Yeah. Did he say that it fills? He didn't get into it yet. I was giving him a week. He won't two. come on, but will you at least give us a report? That's my plan is him to give me a detailed report at minimum to at least give it to. He may. I just I don't know if he will or not. But yeah. We have some guests coming on, too. So that I know. hopefully I can get something out of him. I know the first few times he did, he said it seems like he feels more relaxed after the session. So yeah, that's a start, but... Hopefully, I can get them on, but if I can't, hopefully, I can get a good, detailed report to talk, get back. So, you know, anybody struggling with it, I mean, it's there. Like, try it. Reach out to us. We'll get you in touch with the and it's people. And are... it's only breathing. Yeah. Go back and listen to the Free Spirit episode. I don't know which one that is, but um, it's, it's a 28-day breathing technique that alleviates anxiety, mostly, in 28 days without the use of any medicine or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's literally breathing. I wish it would have been there for me. Yeah. Um, so, you got any more shout outs? Episode 30. We take a trip to sit down with Tony's therapist and Denise from Free Spirit. Episode 30. Check that out. Check it out. Episode 30. That was back in June already. Back in June already. That was a long Damn. time ago. June. Um. What else do I have to say? Oh, Trevor was back in May. Trevor's in May. Yeah. Where? Uh, what was I going to say? I forget. Uh whatever. That probably wasn't important. Oh, the Run Club. Any updates on that that you want to? No, we have another month coming up here. Okay. Um because September's, like what, tomorrow, the next day. The next day. It seems like everybody's been pretty good and consistent with it, so um, we'll keep doing it as long as we get, get people involved. You're um, going to do something for the winners, too, I remember you saying. You yeah, we got, um, the last, the second month one was Lori won. Um, oh, Lori won. Yep. <laughs> we'll so, call Lori. Lori, we'll call you for we'll sure. We'll talk to Lori, see what she wants to do, if she wants to talk to us on here, if she wants something else. I mean... I like to give people the option because not everybody's going to be comfortable talking with us. I'm sure she'll be fine. Yeah, she'll be talking, fine. But we'll set it up. Um, I don't know. We need to see. I'd like to see more people get in it because I feel like there's so many people doing stuff. But like, at least let us know what you're doing. Post yeah, if you're not on the run club thing, yeah. Because look, I'm not a big runner or walker. Like, yeah. I'm not, but I post my gym workouts and my, um, my uh, I use the other app. To show the workout so like if you're yeah, doing that run. show it yeah yeah, just show, show what you're doing you don't necessarily have to run or jog or walk or whatever you're doing to stay healthy yep because of all that stuff so we will 
couple things just to just to rehash everything. We're gonna have some. We're gonna have some book stuff out. Please reach out how you want to consume that. Whether it's chapters, whether it's excerpts, stuff like that. Or whether it's the whole book. Tony thinks he could get rid of the whole book at once. Um, secondly, continue to join the Run Club. We will. He will have stuff for the winners. Lori won week two, you said? Yeah, the week, month two. I'll reach out to Lori and see if she wants to do a, talk, a call. And then week, September 1st, you're going to start a new one, right? Yeah, I'll do that one tomorrow. Not and then tomorrow, we'll the decide day. what we're going to do with that. Please rate and review still. If you are on Apple Podcasts, click the purple icon. Go ahead and give us five stars. Say whatever you want about Tony. And that's about it. So we'll check in with you next week. We're going to have a guest. I don't know if we're going to have a guest next week or the week after, but we are. We do have a guest on the horizon. And um, you need to get Jiu-Jitsu Jake back in here. Uh, he can come whenever. Get He's actually, he, he loves the pod, doing the podcast. We get Brandy back on too. She's busy though with that farm, dude. She's a farmer, like a legit oh, yeah. farmer. So uh, we'll check in with you next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And uh, Steelers will be on soon. So get ready for that. We'll check in later.